Do you ever feel your life is hanging on by a thread? Have you ever felt weak from the pressures of life's stress test? In today's message, Pastor Landry gives us the tools to gain strength as we look to God to get stronger. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we all doing? Amen. Oh my God. Pastor Vicky, you're the only one doing good this weekend. Amen. Can you, can you, can you, <laughs> can you, can you give me a taste of what you had during the week so I can? <laughs> but how are you all doing? All right, praise God. Thank, thank God for all of you. Um, thank God for being here. We just appreciate every one of you for coming. And um, again, just like a uh, Revelation said, um, we just want to really appreciate all of you that have been a part of what has been going on here. We really cannot do it without God and without you, all right? So thank you so much for all that you do in terms of, you know, your supporting uh, the work here that God is helping us do. Uh, I hope that someday at, at, and at some time we'll be able to come here and just let you know just a glimpse of the things that God is doing with, you know, the population that is here. So we just really want to appreciate you and want to say we want you to keep doing what you're doing. And even if you can do more, do more than what you can do or what you're doing. And God will increase you and bless you uh, for that. And if this is your first time of joining us, we hope this is not going to be your last time. Uh, uh, God is doing a lot of good things here. And we just want you to be a part of what is going on here. All right. Today, I will continue with the part two of what I started last Sunday, which is stronger. How do we get stronger? So it's actually stronger, stronger too. Uh, but before I do that, I just want you to watch a video, then I'll come up with, um, I'll come up with um, a little closeout to just wrap that part of the service up. All right? Praise the Lord. I just want to give an update here on what to look forward to in the next few weeks as we close out the year. We'll be turning the page in a couple of months. We're on the threshold of a new year. January is named after Janus, the Roman god of gates and doorways. This Roman god was depicted with two faces, one looking at the year that was and the other looking ahead towards what lies ahead since doors and gates look in both directions. So Janus was seen as the god of new beginnings. That's where we get the name of our first month of the year, month of the year, January. January came from the Roman god Janus. So this is what I'm looking at. In the next few weeks, I want to take a new theme called looking back, looking up, and looking forward. 
Let me say it again. Looking back, looking up, and looking forward. Looking back at the difficulties, and yes, we've had a few of them this year. Looking back at the celebrations, looking back at the opportunities, looking back at the unexpected blessings. So we look back with thanksgiving for what has already happened. And then we look up in anticipation for clear new directions. We look up so that we can now look forward for what the new year might hold. What do we need to change? What projects do we need to tackle? What goals do we need to set for ourselves personally and as a ministry corporately? What goals do you need to set for yourselves uh, professionally? And on and on and on. So we're going to look back with thanksgiving, look up with prayer and reflection and anticipation as we look forward. So we look back to give thanks and we look forward to trust God. And so this series, this theme, this series will begin November 21st throughout all of November and all of December culminating January the 2nd, 2022. Now, as we do this, I also want to challenge us and to call the entire Workfund family to a time of solemn assembly where we are looking up in prayer and fasting. And so, beginning from November the 11th and 12th on Thursday and Fridays, Every week, Thursday and Fridays from November 11th, we're going to call it two-day fast. Thursday and Friday, Thursday and Friday, Thursday and Friday, with the exception of Thanksgiving week. Okay? Two days a week in prayer, reflection, and fasting as we look up to look forward. Amen? More details are forthcoming. But the series begin November 21 through January the 2nd. And of course, the fastings begin November 11th and 12th, that Thursday and Friday, going forward. More details will be forthcoming. Love you guys. God bless you. Let's look back, let's look up, and let's look forward. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Uh, slight adjustment to the look up. We're talking about the look up part of it. I think that is one of the areas where we all have a part to play, looking up, in that looking up area of it. And um, the slight adjustment is the date. I want you to know the date. You know, from what we said there, the prayer and the fasting starts 11th. All right? So the week, the week of 11th and 12th is what we need, we're supposed to do or we're supposed to come together for the prayer. But now, because of some certain um, things that are going around that is beyond our control, it has been moved a week up. So instead of 11th, it's going to start on the 18th. So we have 18th and 19th. Did I make it clear? Yes. All right. So 18th and 19th. So we're not saying we're canceling the looking up part of it together. We're still going to look up, but it's just going to be a week after what we uh, uh, announced before. So I just want you to take note of that. And I want you to really, really be prepared for this fasting and... Um, the song that we sang is just very apt this morning. I see the evidence. 
uh, th there are evidences that are happening. You know, if, if you have been in tune with what is going on here, I know some of you have been away for a while and, you know, and things like that. But if you have been in tune with what is going on here, uh, like I said last week, there's a rumbling in the spirit, and I just want us to birth this thing. Amen. All right? I want us to birth this thing that God wants to, you know, release here. Um, uh, as we come in, let's get prepared. That's why we call it the solemn assembly. All right? So that we can come in, we can be able to hear God, listen to God, and uh, 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 go forward with the strength of God as he wants us to go. All right. I will just quickly, in the next 30 to 35 minutes, I will be done with this part of the message. So, stronger. Uh, last week, uh, you know, I'm a teacher, right? So, can I ask you the question? The, yes. Oh, okay. I'm just <laughs> All right. So, last week, we zoomed in on the fact that um, sometimes the main reason why we get overwhelmed, why we are not able to stand uh, after all the things that we have gone through is because right in us as individuals, we don't have the strength to stand. And we don't have the strength to stand not because God has not given us the strength to stand, but simply because that we have avoided the principle of God. And in God's principle, you have to be able to do what? To stand before you can withstand the challenges that are, uh, that are confronting you. And so we dealt with that in, uh, you know, we tried to deal with that as much as we could last week to help us understand the importance of standing. That sometimes, many of us go to all these battles, we go through these stress tests, of life, and like the bridge that we showed last week, we are not able to stand after the stress test has gone, after the stress test have, you know, after we've been challenged by the stress test, because guess what? We don't have the integrity of character to be able to withstand the pressures of things that are coming. But like we said, um, like, like we said, uh, we said strength comes from God. And it takes a relationship with God. It takes a, an understanding of a relationship with God for you to be able to, you know, be able to tap into that strength that God has given you to be able to withstand when things are not going right. Because there's going to be an evil day, like Paul said in Ephesians 6. He says so that you can be able to withstand in the evil day. The evil day is going to come. And what will say? How did I define the evil day? The evil day is whenever your strength is tested. Any situation that you find yourself that your strength is tested is the evil day. That's what Paul was talking about there. So, and to just elaborate on that, Daniel told us in Daniel 11, he said, those that do know their God, it has to do with an understanding and knowing. Those that do know their God shall be what? Strong. And they shall do exploits. All right, am I correct? And Isaiah told us that those that wait upon Isaiah 40, he said, those that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. There's something about your personal strength that helps you to be able to withstand the challenges. But sometimes the mistake that we make is, oh, you know, we just leave everything to God. We just say, okay, God will just take care of everything, and we fail to do our own part. But after a while, that don't stand. That don't, it just won't stand. All right? So let's jump into what we have to do. So today, I'm looking at the part of what are the characteristics of what makes us strong? What are the characteristics? What do you have to look, what do you have to look for? What do you have to look out for 
when you want to know you're strong. But before then, I just quickly want us to go through uh, certain things uh, in the book of Ephesians because what we're looking at was the book of Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. That was what we're looking for. That was, I mean, that was what we're looking at. That was the basis or the foundation of the scriptures that we have used. All right? So in Ephesians, I want you to understand Sometimes to understand scriptures, to, to be able to rightly divide the word of truth or the scriptures, you have to try to understand why what was written was written and who it was written to and what, under what circumstance were those things written. And so we look at the Ephesian church. If you look at the Ephesian church, there are two things I want you to note there before we go and start looking at the characteristics. Number one thing about the Ephesian church is that initially things were going well for this church. The Ephesian church was a model church. It was the kind of church that anybody will want to be, want to pastor. Because if you look at Paul's episodes, all the episodes that he wrote, all the letters that he wrote to different churches, they let the epistle to the Ephesians was the only scripture, only letter that Paul wrote that he was not addressing a problem. He was not defending his apostleship. But it was just pure, pure, pure uh, 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 theological uh, um, uh, writings on how or what they are, on what God or what God has accomplished or what they have been able or what they'll be able to accomplish with God. So Paul wrote that. If you look at uh, Galatians, all of you know why he wrote Galatians, right? Galatians, because they were moving away from faith to works. So he wrote that to correct it. In 1 Corinthians, guess what was happening? They had all kinds of issues in 1 Corinthians. It was, just a, it was just an unruly church, and he had to write to correct that. In 2 Corinthians, what happened? Paul, the Corinthians had got things right from, the first Corinthians, from when he wrote his first letter, but now they got into another problem. And what was the problem they got to in 2 Corinthians? It was that some other people have come in, or some other teachers have come in, and they started challenging the, the apostleship of Paul. And so Paul had to write the Second Corinthians to defend his apostleship and his ministry. All right? Is it Philippians? Philippians was a church that was going through crisis where, uh, like some of our churches have today, where we don't, uh, we don't cooperate, we don't work together. And, all of that. and Paul was talking about cooperation and working together and Christians doing things together, right, with joy. And so he had to write that letter to correct that. Uh, uh, Colossians, teachers have come in. And those teachers came in, and they began to lead them astray and teach a false doctrine, and he has to write to correct that doctrine. So the book of Ephesians was the only letter that Paul wrote that was just doctrinal in nature, right? So he told them what has been accomplished. He told them what God has done for them. And then that's the first part of it. He told them it was doctrinal. And then the second part of which is verse 4 to 6. Guess what he was talking about? How to apply what I've told you from verse 1 to 3, from chapter 1 to 3. So in other words, in the first part, he told them about the power of God. That you guys, that you know, I, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in all the saints. All right? And in the other side, where we're reading now, in, 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 um, in, in Ephesians 6, he started telling them how to appropriate this power of God how to appropriate this strength of God that God has made available to them. And those are the things that we want to be looking at, we have been looking at since last week. All right, number two thing I want you to note from uh, uh, what happened, all right, why he wrote this letter, was number two was at some point, the things that Paul feared was going to happen to the book of Ephesians, uh, to the Ephesian church, who were a model church, happened. And they started having issues. 
And so this brings to light what we are trying to discover, what, we're, what we have been trying to uh, um, um, uh, teach since last week. And that is that, you know, sometimes if we don't continue in the things that God wants us to continue or do the things that God wants us to do, guess what? It is very easy to sleep. And Paul was telling the Galatians, he said, let not us be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will reap if we don't fail. And what happened to the Ephesians church was that they were weary at some point and some things came in and derailed them from what they were doing. And so this serves as an example for us because as a church, as a family, as individuals, uh, it's very easy for us to just take our eyes off the ball, take our eyes off the things that make us strong. And we just begin to slide back and not do the things that God wants us to do and be strong to be able to uh, withstand all that uh, we need to uh, withstand. All right? So, um, so let's, let, let's look at some of the characteristics. I, I just want to look at some of the characteristics now, the things that make us strong, and I will be done. I, I just have three of them, and I will be done. There are so many of them, but because of time constraints, we'll only be able to deal with three. Number one. The things that make us strong are things that are naturally not interesting. They're naturally not interesting. Think about that. Think about, just think about it a little bit. Just think about it. Uh, the kind of food you like to eat, right? They are not the kind of food that, I, you know, they, they, are not, they are not the kind of food that will make you strong. They are not the kind of food that will serve you well. Am I correct? Okay, no, a lot of you are not answering because you are guilty of what I'm saying. <laughs> Right? The food that you like to eat, the kind of things that, you know, that are palatable to your, uh, to, to, to your taste are not the kind of things that actually are going to make you strong. They're actually things that are end up going to hurt you. And think about spiritual exercise like food. Right? So some of the things that we don't like to do are the things that really make us strong. The things that make us strong are the things that go against the natural grain, right? Some of us are so used to fear, for instance. You know, I know people who are so afraid and they worry a lot. If you don't have a reason to be afraid or to be worried, they'll be worried for not having a reason to be worried. <laughs> you, have you seen those kind of people? I, I, know, I, I know those kind of people. I know, I know a lot of people, right? They, they are used to worry. That's their natural style. That's what makes them thick. That's what, you know, that's what makes them, you know, function. And if there's no reason to worry, if there's no reason to fear, if there's nothing that's going on that will increase the temperature and, you know, they just begin to worry what is going on. There's something that's really going on here because I'm not worried today. So what I'm saying is this, is some, and that's why, you see, the, the, that's why we have challenges with growing stronger or growing up spiritually because a lot of things that make us grow stronger are things that are unnatural. They are things that are not interesting. In fact, they are things that can, not, that can be boring. To be consistent in getting up and studying the Word, to be consistent in praying, to be consistent in doing all, you know, the things that all the, you know, spiritual exercises that will help us to be able to get stronger in the things of God sometimes can be really, really, really boring. And because they are boring, 
ah, before, we, before long, we just move away from them or gradually move away from them. And we begin to see that, you know, the strength of God is not as functional as we want it to be in our lives. Uh, if you know me for a little bit, you know, you know I, I really have a boring life, you know. The only good thing, I, the only thing that's going on for me is, you know, I exercise. I do a lot of exercise. I'm, I'm an outdoor person, all right? I go out, I, you know, I run, I ride my bike, I walk, I do all things. I, I just like the woods. I, I, lo I love all those things. However, I don't know about Pierre. Pierre. Pierre is a person I compete with a lot of times here. And, but I don't know about him. But I have never woken up in the morning one day and say, you know, today is a good day for running. I've never, it, it, it just has never happened to me. I don't know about other people. I've never woken up one day and said, okay, this is a good, this is, today all I want to do is run today. No, there are many times I contend against myself. Should I go, should I not go? And I've been doing it for years. I've been running now for maybe 25, 30 years now, consistently. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, I do it one day and after a month, no. I'm talking about running consistently. But I've done it for that much, that long. And up until now, there's no day I wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, this is the day, this, this is the, day the Lord has made and what the Lord is putting in my mind today is to go and run. No, it's not. But I'm doing it because of the benefits that I get from it. In the same way, the spiritual exercises that we have to do to help us get stronger in the things of God has to be things that we have to be intentional and deliberate in doing, even though it is not exciting. It's difficult to, for people to come to church, right? Uh, all other things and COVID and all of that, difficult for people to come to church. We're finding it difficult to bring people back to church and all that. And then all of a sudden again, you say, oh, you guys come for grace group or come for small groups. I've not even made it to church. You're asking me to come for small groups. <laughs> How do you want me to do that? I walk so-so hours. I do this. I do that. And you put all, you line up all your activities and all of that. And you're asking me I should still add, you know, Grace Group to it. But the Grace Group that we're asking you to put into, to add to your to activities, is, are the things that are going to make you strong. Amen. You may not like the person that is leading. You may not like the topics that has been discussed. But the issue is not even the discussion. The, the issue is about the fellowship, iron sharpening another. Amen. And many of us don't even understand. We are not even, we're not even putting into consideration the fact that one of the things that make us grow is not only praying in the morning. Uh, some of us get that right. Or studying your Bible. Some of us get that right. Some of the things is how do you interact with your fellow believers? Amen. How do I build community? How do I sustain this community that will help me? So the issue is not what is being taught now, because really growth, like I told you last week, and I mentioned it last week, that you cannot grow by proxy, right? In other words, you cannot tell somebody else to study the Bible for you or pray for you. It's not going to happen. That's not how it works. All right? Now, you can do that. You can grow. But fellowship 
is something that has to do proxy, that has to do with proxy. You have to, I mean, you have to interact with other people. You can study the Word of God by yourself. You can pray by yourself, but you cannot relate by yourself. It's a contact thing. You have to be, you have to, you have to, you have to be in contact, right? And those are some of the things that make us grow. And so many other things that time will prevent me from talking about that will help us to grow stronger, that will help us to be able to withstand when the challenges of life come, all right? There are so many things that can help us to withstand. And if we don't uh, 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 be deliberate and intentional about some of these things, it's just going to pass us by. It's going to pass us by. And then guess what? You are wondering why things are happening and I'm not able to stand. We are wondering why things are going on around us and things are not happening. Because, to be honest with you, things will happen and you're not going to have an answer for them. There are things that will happen around us. There are things that are going to happen. You don't understand why they happen. You don't have a solution to them. And listen to me. God did not, I mean, God is not in a situation or in a position where he is obligated to give you answer for everything. All right? Some things you just have to live by faith. Whether you get an answer or not, trust God. Whether he's showing up the way you want him or not, trust him. Whether you understand it or you don't understand it, trust him. Keep having and living by faith. But sometimes we're not able to live by faith because we're not strong enough in that area of our lives. Because there are so many things that are uninteresting that we need to embrace that we're not embracing. Number two, number two things, number two characteristics of the things that make us strong and, uh, you know, why we, why we overlook them sometimes. Number two, number two, let me look at it so that I'll know that I understand. All right? The things that make us grow, the things that make us stronger, number two, is that those things require work. Hmm. Somebody just came here and said, okay, uh, I thought you guys have been talking about grace before. Why do I need, you know? But what did James say? James said, show me your faith without your work, and I will show you my faith by my work. Not with my work, but by my work. In other words, the evidence of my faith, the evidence of what I'm doing is going to be by the work. And when I'm saying work, I'm not saying, you know, you are, you, you know, you are working for your salvation. No, that's not, what, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you working for your salvation because salvation is free. He said, you know, freely have you received, you know, you receive uh, the grace of God that comes to you. It's free and all of that. However, we have to make, that's why Paul said, he said, he said, I have not made, I have not, I have not rendered the grace of God in vain. I have not made the grace of God useless in my life. It requires work. Getting up in the morning and consistently, consistently praying the way you should pray. Studying the word of God consistently. David said, your word have I hidden in my heart. How much time are you spending hiding the word of God in your heart? The word of God is not going to, just going to come and skip and just be in your heart that you'll be able to hide it. There has to be some element of engagement with the word of God. And sometimes it's not fun. We can easily give excuses. Like I give excuses sometimes for me, you know, when I want to go and run and, oh, okay, it's drizzling today. I don't think, um, even though I know it's just going to drizzle and it's not going to be a hard rain and all of that. It's just going to, oh, you know, it's drizzling today. Let me just relax and all of that and things like that. All right? And sometimes we give this kind of excuses for the work that is involved in us, you know. It, it takes work to, 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 go, to go on Zoom. And, and interact for an hour with your, 
with, with other believers. It takes work to travel from your house and come and fellowship with the brethren here, you know, on the Sunday. It takes work to, uh, to, to, to believe God. It takes work to stand in faith. It takes work and consistency for you to be able to uh, 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 not go, the, not do things the, not, the way it is natural for you. It takes work for you to walk contrary to the things that you're seeing and you're feeling, right? It takes work, especially when you're used to doing something in one way and God is saying, no, that is not the right way, this is the correct way. It takes work for you to be able to shift to the things that God wants you to do. It takes work to be patient, right? When, when, when you are used to not being patient, you are used, like in the society that we're in, you know the society we're in today, you know, it's instant gratification. You want it, you get it. All right? It takes work to be able to resist those kind of things. It, that's the kind of work I'm talking about. It takes work to be able to, uh, 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 to, to remain steadfast and faithful. It takes work to just love people, right? It takes, it takes work to love people. Now, when I say work, I'm not saying it's not the Holy Spirit. There's no, there's, the, the, Holy, the strength of the Holy Spirit is not there. The Holy Spirit helps you. But you have to be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to be able to do it for you. There's the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, but you have to tap into it yourself to be able to go into things and do it, you know, with the reserve of the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes work. In other words, to be able to grow and to be consistent in what we're doing, you just have to show up, just like your work. You have to show up. Many times when patience is required, we're not showing up. We're missing in action. When faith is required, we're missing in action. When the wisdom of God that comes from the word of God is happening, we are not present. Why? Sometimes it is not convenient. It is not normal. It is not convenient. And it's difficult sometimes. It takes a lot of work. And sometimes intensity of work. And the truth is, many of us like to get things for free. Right? But everything has a price. I know one of, one of the things, you know, I, I, I normally drive with somebody here every time. I won't mention the person's name. And, um, you know, and when we're driving, oh, oh, take this shortcut, take this shortcut. There, there's no shortcut in life. There's, there's, there's always, <laughs> there's, I'm not going to, I'm not mentioning the person's name now, so. <laughs> no name, no name now, no name. <laughs> Jendo, <Jane> exactly. <laughs> oh, take this shortcut. Take this, take this. There's no shortcut in life. Right? It's just, it's just another way of getting there. If you, if you tell me another way of getting there, I will understand. But take this shortcut, take this shortcut, take this shortcut. There, there are really no shortcuts in life. You just have to be present. You have to show up, especially when it comes to spiritual things. You have, to, you have to be present. You have to be ready to exercise it. That's, the Bible actually did say it. It says, it's a strong meat is for them who are of age, who by the reason of exercise or by the reason of use have been able to develop their spiritual senses or their senses to be able to understand or distinguish between right and wrong or good and bad. It takes work. It takes work. And then number three, if you don't hear anything today, just listen to this one, all right? If you don't get anything, listen to this one. Number three, 
the things that make us strong, the things that make us strong normally don't show immediate progress. They normally don't show immediate progress. You don't just start from zero today and end up in the other place and say, oh, wow, praise God. And they said, yeah, it, it happens. God's grace sometimes does happen, right? Where, uh, you know, nothing happens. You don't just believe it. You cannot explain it and boom, you're just there. All right? You just get there. But that is not how it is consistently. That's not, that, that's not how things are consistently. When the children of Israel were in the, were in the wilderness, God gave them manna. Instant. Boom. It just happened. It hit it there. But when they began to live their real lives, God just blessed the land. He told them it's going to be a land that's flowing with milk and honey, but you've got to go there and go and till that land. Immediately they stepped into the promised land. The manna ceased. The automatic progress and answers and responses ceased. Now they have to learn to be like God, the way God does things. They have to learn to understand the way and God's principles of doing things. And sometimes many of us don't live that manner mentality. We live consistently with a mentality of manner. It has to be boom. If it's not that, it's not spiritual. God is not present there. If things are not happening, then God is not present there. But I want to tell you that the biggest places that God works is where things don't seemingly look that they're happening. Look at history. Look at scriptures. God anointed David at the age of 18 or what, 17 or something like that. He never climbed the throne until he was 30. Do you know why? Because for the most part, when God is in it, it doesn't show instant progress. And that's why many of us, many times, we just despise the things that God do. And we forget that God created everything. God created everything. Even natural things are God's creation. And so natural things sometimes can be spiritual and be supernatural. I know I just confused somebody there, right? Because I said natural and all of that. But what I'm saying is this. Sometimes as we live our lives on a daily basis, we go out, we come in, you know, we're so used to life, we're so used to things that we forget the element of God in every area of life. Am I correct? So you go out and you come in until you fall sick, you think it's you. You can eat, you can dance, you can do all of that, you think it's you. You don't see the element of God because you are so used to things working. But what I'm saying this morning, what I'm telling you this morning is that God, when he's working with us, he works with patience to be able to build us up to get us stronger so that we don't just think, oh, it's, you know, it's within the power of my will, that's why I'm doing it. So things that really make us strong are things that don't show immediate progress. It takes time. It takes time. You, 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 let me give you another example. Paul. Paul is somebody, I, you know, I love Paul so much. I don't know why. I, I love Paul. I've studied, you know, I've studied about him a long, you know. But it took Paul a long time, maybe about 13 years from when God told him, hey, Paul, I'm sending you to the Gentiles for that ministry to begin to manifest. What am I saying? 
for us to be strong, for us to build the strength that we're able to resist in the times of our testing is going to be about the residual, uh, uh, the, the residual things that we have done behind. And those things begin to move. Those things begin to multiply. Those things begin to work. And then all of a sudden you find out that when you get into this challenge, you are able to overcome. You get into the challenge, you are able to overcome. You get into this one, you are able to stand. You are still standing when things are happening. You know why? Because over the years, God is building strength in you. He's building strength in you as you commit to him, as you sit down before him, as you rely on him, as you listen to hear from him, he's building those strengths. And all these things that you are putting together, all these things that you are doing, you are, you are fellowshipping with people, you are studying the word of God, you are praying, you are exercising your faith, you are exercising patience, you are walking in love, you are doing all those things. Even when they are not uh, uh, enticing, even when they are not good, you are doing all of them. Guess what happens? You see that strength just begin to come. And you are wondering, where did this strength come from? It actually came from God Amen. with your cooperation. Amen. If we are going to be stronger, three things you have to look out for. They are not interesting, number one. It takes work, number two. And number three, they don't come, they don't come like that. It just means you ha just have to keep grinding. You have to keep grinding. In, 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 in Acts 19, in Acts 19, can you give me Acts 19? Um, if, if you want to understand the writings of Paul to the Ephesians, you need to, you need to um, study the book of Ephesians, study the book of Acts 19 and 20, some part of Acts 19 and 20, and then um, Revelation, uh, Revelation 2 from verse 1 to 8. If you look at that, you will see, um, you will, you will see uh, a lot and understand. So can you give me uh, 19 verse 17, Acts 19 verse 17? I just want to show you something quickly. I want to show you something quickly. Um... Okay, I think I didn't put... Let's see, let me see verse 18. Let me see verse 18. Okay. Um, go to verse 16 and I'll read from there. I'll read from verse 16 and then I will... Okay. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped, uh, leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. I want you to take note of this. But before this, before this, you know what happened? These guys just saw how things were happening with Paul. The handkerchief Paul was taking handkerchief out. You know, handkerchief were used to touch the bodies of Paul. If you read, if you read from, you know, I'll, I'll just go. I don't have more time. Go home, go and read the whole of verse 19, chapter 19, Acts, Acts 19. And Paul, handkerchiefs were taken out of the hands of Paul and blah, 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 and things like that. And guess what? Um, but they did not know what happened before the handkerchief started going out. All right, they, they, they didn't pay attention to what happened before the handkerchief started going out. That was the reason why the handkerchief started going out. And sometimes that's what, is that not how we live sometimes? We want the results, but we have not gone through the process. Thank you, just to get out of my mouth. We want the results, but we have not gone through the process. Right? Before then, what did Paul say? What did, what, I mean, what did the scripture say about Paul? He said, Paul was teaching daily. He was teaching them daily, and we know from Scripture, if you add all this together, that Paul spent three years there. And if Paul was doing it daily, studying the Word, sharing the Word, meeting people, talking to them, he had done it for three years before the Bible told us that handkerchief were taken away from his body. Amen. That's right. Daily. Now, if you read chapter 20, 
somewhere in chapter 20 there, he also told us that it wasn't just, it wasn't just that he was teaching them daily in the school of Tyrannus. That wasn't, that wasn't the only thing he was doing. The Bible also told us, Paul was telling the, the, uh, the, the Ephesian leaders, remember, remember that I came to your house daily. I was fellowshiping with you from house to house. So he was not only teaching, so at some point in the day, he would go and teach. At another time, he would go from house to house to house, and he was teaching for three years. And it was after then that the scripture tells us that handkerchiefs were taken away from Paul and people were being healed and all that kind of stuff. And even people brought out all the kind of, the kind of effects that he had then where they went out and people who believed and people who didn't believe, they went out and packed all their charms and amulets and all those kind of things that they were doing and they came and presented it before him and he burnt and those things were burnt. So what am I saying? I'm saying before we begin to enter into the supernatural things that God has prepared for us, we have to be prepared ourselves. Amen. We have to be prepared. God has something prepared for us. Amen. But we have to be prepared for what God has prepared for us. We have to be prepared for what God has prepared for us. And that's why we're calling this holy and solemn assembly. So that we can be prepared for what God has for us in future. And we want every one of you to be a part of it. All right? So that when, when the things that God wants to do shows forth, it will not look like, oh, you know, it's just, okay. It's just, but we want to be participants of what God is doing about it. So closing, in closing, I'll just, I'll just quickly state something. I'll just uh, uh, give you a closing to just wrap up all of this that I've said. And that is... Um, one of the most interesting books I ever read in my life oh, that really impacted me, that has really impacted me outside scripture, outside the Bible, you know. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's not a Christian literature, really. Um, it's, it's a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I mean, um, when, when I read that book, something happened in my brain. I, I, really feel the, I really felt a switch when I read the book many years ago. And, and it, has been, it has been a constant book I go to, I look at, and, you know, and try to, you know, Take reference. And as I was preparing this message, I remember something that he said, and that was the uh, four quadrants of uh, managing uh, time, of time management. And he, he, he broke these things into four, all right? Um, he broke them into things that are urgent and, and they're important, things that are urgent and important, all right? There are certain things that are urgent and they're important, and you have to pay attention to that. The second quadrant is things that are not urgent, but they're important. Not urgent, but they're important. Then he now went to the other two quadrants, which I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, bother you because I don't have, uh, you know, much time again. But why I chose these two is because um, these two are the most important things, or in terms of our activities or how we spend our time. For most of us, for most of us who are a little bit reasonable, you know, we're either doing things that are important and urgent, and things that are not that are important but not urgent. All right. But of all, among the two, many of us are focused more on things that are urgent and important. And that is good. We have to do it. But what he was saying is that you cannot live your life continually doing things that are urgent and important because that is a fire brigade approach to life. And many of us have a fire brigade approach to life, right? Because it is when things 
become urgent and they're important that we run to them and we want to start solving them and we want to start acting on them. And that's the way we deal with ourselves spiritually too, right? It's when the problem comes, when we have spiritual issues, when things are not working, that's when we really want to pray. That's when we really want to fast. That's when we really want to jump around. That's when we really, you know, you just go around and things like that. And at the end of the day, there are certain things that you're going to left, leave undone. Because you cannot focus your attention on what is supposed to be done because you have left time. Now, the most important quadrant that you can be is what? Things that are not urgent but important. That's the best use of your spiritual time. That's the best use of, you know, your way you can live spiritually and live your time that way, right? Even in spiritual things. In other words, you don't have to have a need before you pray. You don't have to have an issue before you study the Word of God. Amen. There those, you, know, you don't have to be in pressure. You don't have to be looking for a job. Things don't have to go bad before you start doing something about them. Amen. They are not urgent, but they are important. Amen. And until you pay attention to the things that are important, even though they are not urgent, you are not going to be able to live a life of peace and relaxation where you are filled with the strength of God to be able to do the things that he wants to do you even when the days of oppression comes. I want you to pay attention to that. Things that are urgent but not important. Sorry, things that are not urgent but important. That is the quadrant you want to be in. All right? If you remain on things that are urgent and things that are important, guess what? You need to do them. But there's always going to be an after effect when the fire service comes, right? When the house is on fire, they will put the fire out, but you are going to suffer water damage. Amen. That's right. And so I want you to pay attention to this, that we need to start paying attention to the things that are important but not urgent. We can take it slow. It gives us time. It gives us pace to be able to do it. And when things that are urgent comes in, comes around, you already have the resources to be able to tackle them. God bless you.